You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You are now locked and loaded for daily fantasy glory. DFS Lineup Lock, sponsored by DailyRoto.com, begins now. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Lineup Lock Live right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. And, of course, simulcast on Dish TV, Channel 266. It is Dane Martinez and Tony Sincata. We're going to look back a little bit on Week 3, see if you made the right choices and got that cash. We're also going to give you an opportunity to win some cash starting tonight, Monday, Thursday lineups. We get right back on the horse, Tony, because the people's lineup did not cash on Week 3. No, they did not do very well. They got victimized by Mr. Carr and the lack of performance by the Oakland Raiders uh, last night. One of the most surprising games of the entire weekend. We saw some great performances, and we saw a poor performance there from the Oakland Raiders. Yeah, we absolutely did. I lucked out, though, Tony. I remember I told you in that game I wanted to go the other way. I liked that with a little uh, uh, Kirk Cousins, and I told you that the way to stack them was not with the tight end or the wide receiver, but Mr. Chris Thompson so that helped me out a little bit in week three. We've been telling you about Chris Thompson. Let me ask you, though, we uh, start going tonight into week four or a little week three, four hybrid lineup. You know, Tony, we've been you've taught me to go with the Thursday game over the Monday game in this slate. Does that hold true? Do you think there's going to be more points scored Thursday night football in Lambeau or tonight? This is going to be the toughest Monday-Thursday card of the season and i think it's the toughest card including all the weeks here because there's two things in play tonight there's common sense and then there's matchups matchups tell me that carson palmer and the arizona cardinals passing game are the play for this weekend the dallas cowboys had four defensive backs start the season brand new that were all suspect they lost one of them that's the might be one of the worst secondaries in all of football and uh, common sense tells me Aaron Rodgers is playing against the Chicago Bears. What's there to look at here, Tony? Go and throw Aaron Rodgers in your lineup. And I'll tell you the other truth is the $4,700 Mike Lennon's not a bad play because he goes against an inferior defense that's on three days rest. Green Bay might not even have enough players to play in this game with that injured list. Like, it's so crazy what's happening there. Aaron Rodgers, the first half of that game, that offensive line was so poor, I didn't know if he was going to survive the end of the game. And now they're going to have three days rest. Probably not get back those players. It's a tough, tough call this week. It is a tough call. I told you how much that I'm fading Carson Palmer regardless of the matchup. Interestingly enough that you bring up Mike Glennon. I mean, he's only at 4,700 on DraftKings, but literally, Tony, he literally had one completion yesterday to a wide receiver. We're going to be talking about that when we hammer things like Jordan Howard and Tyreek Cohen and even maybe the tight end position as we build a Monday-Thursday lineup here on lineup lock live unfortunately though tony the people have a hole to dig out of they are down over now 50 bucks this is your charity going (laughs) to the people tony yes yes a lot of people give to the united way other people give to you know uh other causes we give to the people and uh you know what i haven't lost my confidence in them last night that was a bad game and it happens come back ready to go that's the beauty of daily fantasy hashtag still early we get right back on the horse after this lineup lock live presented by dailyroto.com right here on the award-winning fantasy sports radio network and of course simulcast on channel 266 on dish tv if you want to see what tony and i look like we still got a live fish for god's sakes come on right back monday thursday lineups 
friends. If you want to win at Fantasy Sports, wouldn't you listen to people who have already won at Fantasy Sports? I'm here to tell you about DailyRoto.com. Don't be intimidated by the Draft Kings and FanDuel Sharks, even the Fantasy Draft Sharks. The guys at DailyRoto.com have not only won a million dollars amongst one of the writers, but they've created three others. That's four people who have won millionaire contests from this content alone. Don't be fooled by screenshots talking about $25,000 winners from other places. Go to DailyRoto.com where they have a proven track record of creating millionaires. DailyRoto.com. Tell them Greg Sussman sent you. Tony Sincata and Dane Martinez, we are hanging tough after week three, where we saw a lot of thrilling finishes and some surprised outcomes as well, Tony. One of the things I wanted to mention, you know, you asked me before our air, like, what happened when it came to Case Keenum uh, coming in there and keeping the ship rolling for the Minnesota Vikings? There were a lot of interesting outcomes as well. Let me ask you this. How many people had Case Keenum, you think, in their DFS lineup for week three? Case Keenum a little and a little Mercedes Lewis maybe get you a million dollars on DraftKings? Yeah, so here's the crazy part. Not only did people not have Case Keenum, People were afraid of Tom Brady against the Houston Texans, right? Tom Brady had the most fantasy points. He was only owned by 2.5% of people playing daily fantasy. And this is where we get sometimes we could overrate the matchups. Now, if you listen to the show we do Sunday mornings, I talked about Case Keenum. You know, I thought that these Minnesota guys, I would never have played Case Keenum, but I didn't. I thought maybe we were overreacting with Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen that Case Keenum was not one of the worst quarterbacks and would be a backup. I said he was closer to 32 than 64. He's put up games like this before with the Rams, and they had no weapons. You have two good kids like this playing wide receiver. It reminds me a lot of what's going on with the Denver Broncos wide receivers in the quarterback situation there. I should have definitely listened to you, Tony, because unfortunately in my season-long league, right after you were off air on Sunday morning, someone else known as the all-in kid was on air, and he convinced me, and ultimately in my season-long league, I took Stefan Diggs out. Out of my lineups at about 12.30 p.m. yesterday, and I'm still paying the price for it. However, Dick gets a lot right, though. He gets a lot right, though. we got to <laughs> give him a break. i, I, I got to ask one question to you and everybody out there Go in ahead. the world. Go ahead. How are your survivor pools doing? I sweated it out with the Green Bay Packers. I had myself written off. I never put all the teams straight across. I'm in three survivors, mm-hmm. right? I, all three I used Green Bay yesterday, and, and there was a little bit of a sweat. I saw a lot of people had the Pittsburgh Steelers that went down yesterday. Um, it's it's interesting you ask. I actually feel good about Survivor. I still have three entries left, and I went Green Bay Packers with one. I, and the other two I had to sweat out, but I doubled up on the Philadelphia Eagles, and I just Ooh. barely got past that one as well. But it did bang out a lot of people. A lot of people got banged out by the Pittsburgh Steelers, and there were some other Miami, ones as well. Miami Dolphins. Miami the Jets, Dolphins. To win a game. Absolutely. The Oakland Raiders as well. There are a couple. I mean, Tony, to be quite honest, one of the things I do on Fantasy Freestyle is I talk about the home dogs and how I want to bet these home dogs. The home dogs went 6-2 and two yesterday. I mean, Buffalo over Denver, you know, the only and, – and here's the other point on that. The two – that uh, the home dogs did not cover. One was the Detroit Lions, and we could talk about that game and the ending of that game forever. And the other one was the uh, Los Angeles Chargers against Kansas City. The only two teams that were able to kind of like overcome the home dog like sharp play are the only two undefeated teams left in the National Football League. 
And we got a home dog playing tonight in a game we're going to break down. Right. So what does that mean for tonight? Will the home dogs reign supreme? Maybe if you stick with Carson Palmer. And that is, takes us to our quarterbacks for the Monday-Thursday slate. And by the way, Tony, we got a poll question up right now at the Tony Sincata at Spittin' Speeds. We want to know who you like. Our options are Aaron Rodgers at 7,700, Carson Palmer, who you mentioned at 6,100, Dak Prescott coming off one of his worst games at 5,900. And then you mentioned Mike Glenn in the basement bargain play at 4,700. Let's start right there with the common sense, Tony. 50% of the people are going with the chalk. Aaron Rodgers at 7,700. You got to think this is not in Chicago, the home team on Thursday night football. Everything stacks up even if he he doesn't have Cobb, if he doesn't have – it doesn't matter who he has. He's got enough weapons out there to make it work in the aggregate. I like Aaron Rodgers also on this slate. So here's the way I'm, I'm looking at it. The quarterbacks, I only see one guy that you shouldn't play, and that's Dak Prescott, and we'll get into that in a moment. Aaron Rodgers, the only thing I could say is, right, you, you can't have confidence like you should when you have Aaron Rodgers at home against the Chicago Bears. You have two offensive linemen right, both out. both tackles are Randall out. Cobb, yeah, probably Randall Cobb out. What's his name? Uh, Jordy Nelson had two touchdowns, but he wasn't the same Jordy Nelson. He couldn't get down the field. He caught some plays. He's just smart, and he was in the right place at the right time. Geronimo Allison came out of nowhere. It's a guy I picked up in my season-long league a week ago just in case this thing happened. Nice. So he's got guys that filled in. Ty Montgomery's still getting the playing time, still catching the balls out of the backfield. So I don't see how you can miss with Aaron Rodgers. But I'm saying he's not a surefire thing. And I look at Carson Palmer, and we say Carson Palmer has been terrible. You know, he threw for 333 yards last week. He had two touchdown passes. If you go back, even his coach, like, lambasted him, right? And he goes, I watched back, watch back the film, and I probably owe Palmer an apology. He probably wasn't that bad. I look at this Cowboys secondary tonight, and I can save $1,600. So this is how I'm going to do it. If you play two teams, I would put one Carson Palmer, one Aaron Rodgers, and split the difference. I, I'm that much in favor of these two guys uh, being your quarterbacks. I'm in a, actually, I'm right outside the money tonight in the tournament, and I have Palmer and I have Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald's going to be a guy we'll talk about a little later. Fair enough, fair enough. Let me ask you, though, one of the things that we've talked about in these Monday-Thursday slates in the past, Tony, as we not only give them a fish like Ted Finn Jr., who did, by the way, catch a touchdown in his return to New Orleans. Um, yes. What about... You mentioned that in these Thursday, Monday Thursday slates, you can't really even blow out the salary cap. Okay, so when you mentioned that Carson Palmer's going for sixteen hundred less, what does that even matter? Aaron Rodgers is an MVP. Why am I, like? Why is not that not the end of the story? Like, I'm not going to spend my whole cap anyway. Yeah, that's a great question. So here on this one, you get pretty close to it, and I'm gonna I'll tell you the difference with Carson Palmer in my lineup. I'm able to get Ezekiel Elliott, Ty Montgomery into my lineup, and who's the other big back? Uh, Jordan Howard. So I'm able to get all three of those running backs in my lineup with Carson Palmer in it. I don't. I'm not able to get that with Aaron Rodgers, but you could go Tariq Cohen and Jordan Howard, and then choose either Elliott or Montgomery. And you say, well, why would I want Bears both Bears back? Well, you hit it out of the. You hit yeah. it right out of the park at the opening of the show. The Bears offense, no matter who's yeah. in the backfield. The offense goes through them, whether it's passing the ball or running. Absolutely. This Chicago Bears offense, I mean, Mike Glennon, to be honest, like, Mike Glennon 
isn't that horrible in my opinion, but they are treating him like, say, the Jacksonville Jaguars are treating Blake Bortles, trying to hide him as much as possible. And the dink and dunks, whether it be to Howard, to Cohen, to tight ends Miller or the rookie Shaheen, they are not going down the field. The question, though, becomes, Tony, if they get down at Lambeau at some point, aren't they going to have to at some point try to push it down the field if the Packers are going to score some points? Like, at what point do they ab- like at what point do they have to abandon that approach it's okay to do that when they're at home and they're in a tight game with the Falcons or they're in a tight game with the Steelers like they were in weeks one and three but at some point like what happened when they were on the road in Tampa in week two they're gonna have to try to throw the ball downfield at some point right so here's what I'm looking at in this game so I went and checked the lines before the game the totals in these two games 46 on Thursday 45 and a half tonight right so Close. not a big difference there the the Packers are only a seven-point favorite at home against the Bears. The Bears have played pretty well, despite being one and two, mm-hmm. uh, except for that first the game, that game. one game against Tampa. Yeah, the, that one game against Tampa. So I think people are looking at this Green Bay offense, and they're saying, yeah, they're good, but the banged up with the two tackles has become huge. Randall Cobb's become huge. <laughs> I don't really look at it as like the Green Bay is going to get up and run away in this one. All right, and I do. I definitely think that having both tackles not being there is definitely a big issue. Remember, one of my thesis for the entire for the entire season has been about this bad offensive line play. You don't just find random guys. So when you have attrition through injury, it only exacerbates that problem. We see how Russell Wilson can kind of get around it because he's still young and amazing and mobile. I would consider Aaron Rodgers to be just in that same category. But as you can also see with Seattle, when we we get to this running backs and we talk about Ty Montgomery. Ty Montgomery has not been doing it running the ball, Tony. His yards per carry average has not really been there. Sure, he got eight receptions or something like that yesterday, but just like Seattle, they're not really able to run the ball. But as it stands right now, let's put in a quarterback here. 50% going with Aaron Rodgers at 7,700. 16% say Carson Palmer. 16% at Dak Prescott. And 18% taking the punt play Mike Glennon. I gotta go with, you know, so, Tony, you framed it as common sense versus matchup. In this one, yeah. I'm going with the common sense. I'm taking Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to find a place to save a little bit of cash elsewhere down the lineup. Well, I think if you go in life with common sense, you're probably going to be there like 98% of the time. So I think every once in a while, uh, you know, that's, that's the way to go. I, I'm just going to split the difference because I really look at these two guys as both uh, have an opportunity there. And I'll tell you what, I'm not sure how the three-day week affects this Green Bay Chicago team. Chicago had a brutal game this week, right? Went right down to the end, put everything out there. And the Packers did too and went in overtime. By the way, if people weren't paying attention, it was the first overtime win in Aaron Rodgers' career, he was 0-7 in overtime prior to that game. I saw that. I saw that. And you know what it also reminded me? They had, we had not one but two overtime games for these teams. I forgot also well, it's only a 10-minute overtime this season. We're going to see some ties. And I wonder what that does to the playoff picture. When we come back, we're going to move over and start talking about the running back situations and how all of a sudden the Chicago Bears think that they're exotic smash mouth as well. We'll be right back. Tony Sincata and Dane Martinez, Lineup Lock Live, presented by DailyRoto.com, right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week. 
of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Boys, we're back in town. It's Dane Martinez and Tony Sincata right here on Lineup Lock Live. We uh, look back a little bit at what happened in week three, and we're going to take a little, build a little bridge to week four with a little DFS slate, the Monday, Thursday. We talked about the quarterbacks already, Tony, and, uh, you know, 49%, so it's gone down a little bit in the poll, but, uh, you know, as you said, common sense would suggest that Aaron Rodgers is the play, although Tony's letting you know, listen, Carson Palmer, that home dog that we've been talking about in the primetime game against this Dallas secondary that has been overhauled and is banged up, might be a play that can let you get absolutely anybody else you want on your roster for this slate. And with that said, we look back now at the running back position. We got a poll question up at the Tony Sincata at Spit and Speeds. Our options that we're going to discuss right now are Ezekiel Elliott at 8,500, Ty Montgomery at 79, Tarek Cohen at 54, and Jordan Howard at 5,000. Let's start with the Chicago Bears, Tony. This idea that, you know, so many people were off Jordan Howard because of the shoulder, because of Tarek Cohen. Well, if they play this way, absolutely not letting Glennon throw the ball downfield at all and only trying to run the ball and manage it that way, might there be enough to go around for two running backs, a la DeMarco Murray and Derrick Henry, a la some of these other situations that are out there which are really run-heavy squads? Yeah, I think, you know, what's interesting is that I, I, I didn't give enough consideration earlier in the day, I think, to using Howard and Cohen both. Uh, there, I think you want to get Ezekiel Elliott in your lineup. I mean, we, we always talk about not using narratives and, and using you know the fundamental facts and how we go about everything and put everything in play. Elliott last week comes about about a game he's uh, embarrassed about, right? Uh, they look terrible. They're going to get him the ball in this game. He's facing a team that's 20th at allowing points to running backs. Ezekiel Elliott is a guy that's a difference maker, and I don't think you can sit him out. But if you wanted to use Howard as your other back and Cohen as your flex, I have no problem with doing that. So I think you got to get Elliott in your lineups any way you can. I think he's the guy fundamentally. Des Bryant's going to have Peterson on him. I think that really is going to take the ball out of Dak Prescott's mm-hmm. hands. And so I really think Ezekiel Elliott's the guy that you got to own in this Monday-Thursday matchup. Let me ask you something. You just talked about how you like, you like the numbers instead of the narrative, right? But, Tony, this fact yeah. that the Cardinals are 20th against the run, that's a number. But then the fact that he's going to bounce back because of the poor performance last week and be the focus, isn't right. that a narrative? Which one are we talking about Oh, that's here? the narrative. Yeah, that's the narrative. That's what I'm saying. Everybody's out there. That's what their 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 talk is and putting uh, uh, Mr. Ezekiel Elliott in the lineup. But I'm saying the numbers support it as well. Uh, don't hang on the narrative. Gotcha, gotcha. Let me ask you this: When we talk about these Chicago, the potential of Cohen and Howard, I don't know if it's narrative or not. But I saw what game flow. You know, they were able to keep that game close. I asked you, what if they are down against Green Bay and don't have that opportunity, like to actually just run the ball and have to put it. Up. Do you think this kind of approach is game flow dependent at all, or is that a narrative? Here's a funny, here, here's a funny part. Tariq Cohen's the only guy that's made a big play in this offense, right? Other than that Howard uh, last ditch run, right. like he catches the ball out of the backfield, he can line up in the slot, he can line up wide and make big plays there. So he's the guy. 
So I just think this offense is just fundamentally different. Now, if you've got to play one wide out here or it, to me, it's Kendall Wright. Other than that, we're guessing. There's just not enough there. I do like the tight end, and we'll get that a little later in the show. I do like the tight end in Chicago because they did uh, in week one go to the tight ends a lot when they threw the ball. They just don't go to the wideouts. Absolutely, but it must be a little bit of recency bias as well because right now Jordan Howard 34% and Tarek Cohen 15%. Everybody just cares well, about what happened yesterday, man. Well, see, it's a little different because uh, to be honest, right, we saw a whole year of Howard. All sure. these people out there playing fantasy football drafted him in the second round. It's true. So they recency biases, they gave up on this guy after one week, which is the craziest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, I've seen some other names on the waiver wire, people that got ga- given up on very, very early. And then we also overreact with guys like Kenny Galladay and Richard Higgins and Buck Allen. So, you know, remember, we always say on Lineup Lock Live on Sunday, Maria Marino always says, let your lineup breathe like a fine wine. Do not make any rash judgments. I want to ask you about the other running back in the poll. Tony, and it's Ty Montgomery, okay? Now, I believe you in terms of the opportunity share that Ty Montgomery has and how he's the feature back who gets 90% of the snaps for what everyone expects to be a dynamic offense. But I got to ask you, man, really, Ty Montgomery, over his last two weeks, okay, yesterday had... 12 carries, but for only 35 yards. The week before that had 10 carries, but for only 35 yards. I get that in both games, he has eight receptions. And in this format, the PPR is really what's going to help you here. But, you know, we talk about Green Bay without both tackles. That impacts the running game, too, the same way it does with the New York football giants. So am I exclusively relying on Ty Montgomery's production in the pass game? Absolutely. Absolutely. And here's what happened here is Green Bay realized that Ty Montgomery has been on the field more than any other running back in all of football. And they said, you know what, we're going to limit his workload in week three. They couldn't because they need a guy to catch the ball out of the backfield. He put 19 points up as a fantasy uh, the first week, 29 and 13. The reason being is those wide receivers being hurt. Ty Montgomery is going to be a focal part of that offense, catching balls out of the backfield. And it's just one of those situations. Like, we all talk about Darren Sproles, and we talk about some of the, uh, Chris Thompson, mm-hmm. right? These guys catch out of the backfield. Well, at least Ty Montgomery never comes off the field. I mean, he's the most used back in all of the NFL. He is. I wonder, though, if at some point they're going to need to, as they wanted to going into week three, start to integrate other people because, you know, we see what happens with Sproles. We see how they want to protect Christian McCaffrey, protect Chris Thompson. We see it also with guys like, you know, Shane Vereen. But unfortunately, if you let him out there too much, what happens to Darren Sproles? What happens to Danny Woodhead? Last year what happened to Theo Riddick so you got to try to balance it but yes Ty Montgomery definitely getting uh, a lot of usage right now so burn them if you got them let me tell you this uh you know Tony we got that poll question up on Twitter we got a lot of people voting right now Jordan Howard is the people's pick with 34 percent of the vote even over Ezekiel Elliott who is only getting 31 recency bias be damn Tony but I gotta also say John St. Pierre out there on Twitter 
Twitter. What he says is, if Zeke and the boys hadn't laid a brick last week with a Zeke apology for being lazy, I would look elsewhere, but he's looking for the bounce back. There's your narrative right there, Tony. Yeah. The bounce back narrative. And uh, so I expect that to happen, but more so because of something you mentioned. Patrick Peterson on Des Bryant. And don't forget about the honey badger roaming out there as well for Mr. Jason Witten. The last thing I wanted to ask you about the Chicago Bears, Tony, I don't know, did you see the game or portions or highlights of the game? Did you see what happened going into halftime of this Bears-Steelers game? Oh, my God. That was the craziest thing ever, right? I, I still don't understand what the kid was looking at that stopped after he blocked the field goal at the two. Like, I think he thought he was in the end zone, but I don't know what he was over. He's out. I don't don't know what happened. Don't they have, like, the the jumbotron so you can at least see if people are chasing behind you? You know, it used to be, I used to be able to see people, and you could literally see, like, on a famous touchdown run by Emmett Smith, him, like, looking up at the jumbotron to make sure people weren't, you know, catching him. I think Deshaun Jackson could have utilized that multiple times in his career. But then what was interesting Tony is it got knocked out like back out of the end zone and because there was no time left they still got a chance to kick a field goal this game shouldn't have gone to overtime in the first place no that was one of the craziest plays of all time and we had some craziness happen there Uh, but the Bears and that kid made it he made a big penalty too on a pass interference later in the game he had a rough uh, rough day there but uh, it all worked out well and uh Hopefully the Bears, you know, can celebrate their victory and get ready for the Green Bay Packers. I think it's going to be a pretty interesting game on Thursday. I think so, too. You know, you put in that division, you know, division matchups on Thursday night. I think that's part of why the NFL is trying to spice it up a little bit. But, hey, Tony, as we build our DFS lineups, I would be remiss if I did not tell people, remember, they could go to DailyRoto.com or RotoExperts.com slash DKMS. We're partnering with DKMS this football season to help raise awareness and help you fight blood cancer here's what we're doing okay we're doing dfs contests out there on dailyroto.com on rotoexperts.com slash dkms these are free to enter and if you win one of the contests from weeks one through 16 you get entered with all the winners only 16 entries into week 17 DF, uh, dfs if you win that one you go tickets to two, for two to super bowl 52 up in minnesota in early february and that's incredible but also so you get to learn a little bit more about the disease that is blood cancer and how you can help. You could register to donate blood, donate bone marrow, and you could be a match and help save a life. Hey, uh, Tony, you know that our guy Chris Bavona has already registered, and he's uh, you know, he's a registered blood, de- blood donor right there for DKMS? You know what? I used to be a guy that, uh, speaking of narratives, I used to be a guy, uh, I was not an organ donor because I felt like if I got in a car accident, they wouldn't save my life. They would use my organ donors for someone more special than me, and maybe the doctor could make a few bucks on the side. That stuff doesn't happen in our country, folks, so don't try to talk yourself out of things like I do. You don't think you'll ever wind yourself in a bathtub full of ice, you know, with your organs like the old wives' tale? <laughs> but let me ask you this, Tony. I, I fully now believe in, like, the belief of our, our science getting so much better. What happens if you donate, like, your eyes or something, and then they find a way to bring yeah. you back to life, and now you ain't got no eyes? Well, let me, let me say this. If they found a way – this is – I'm glad you asked this question. If they found a way to bring me back to life – You get your eyes back? Find a way, you get your eyes back? I'm pretty sure they could – 
I think, think they could figure that part out too. I don't know, man. I, this, this is the, it, to me. It's like betting the right trifecta, but not boxing it. You know what I mean? Like if oh, you hit and you hold get on. it, and you're like, oh, but I had it in the wrong order. If I'm gonna try and be nice and give somebody my liver, my kidney, my spleen, and then all of a sudden I can come back, maybe to go to you know Super Bowl Fifty Two, but now I don't have a vital organ. Come on. I'll tell you right now, the most famous resident of Buffalo, New York, is uh, John Wayne Bobbitt. He lost an organ, and they were able to replace that organ. I think they could take care of your eyes. I guess vital is a relative term. When we come back on Lineup Lock Live, we take a look at the wide receivers for this Monday-Thursday slate. How you can win a little bit of cash for uh, week three and four. Tony Sincata and Dane Martinez Lineup Lock Live on the world-famous and award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hello, friends. If you want to win at Fantasy Sports, wouldn't you listen to people who have already won at Fantasy Sports? I'm here to tell you about DailyRoto.com. Don't be intimidated by the DraftKings and FanDuel Sharks, even the Fantasy Draft Sharks. The guys at DailyRoto.com have not only won a million dollars amongst one of the writers, but they've created three others. That's four people who have won millionaire contests from this content alone. Don't be fooled by screenshots talking about $25,000 winners from other places. Go to DailyRoto.com where they have a proven track record of creating millionaires. DailyRoto.com. Tell them Greg Sussman sent you. Oh, Tony, the beat is about to drop so hard. Here we go. Bang. Welcome back to Line Up Lock Live right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Tony Sincata and Dane Martinez holding you down, helping you build a little interim lineup for these Monday-Thursday games just in case, you know, you went a little bit too hard with a guy like Rashard Higgins or you went all the way up to the top of the price chain and had Travis Kelsey in your DFS lineups yesterday. You need another chance to make some money, and that's what we provide here for you on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Let's take a look at some of the top wideouts in this Monday-Thursday slate, Tony. And I got to ask you, if you saved up a little bit by going with Jordan Howard, let's say, in running back, why can't you stack whoever you want and just shove all in with, say, the Green Bay Packers and go ahead and put yourself a little Aaron Rodgers and then also go a little Jordy Nelson along with a little Devontae Adams and let me throw in a little Larry Fitzgerald for good measure. Yeah, I, you, you can do that if you skip Ezekiel Elliott there be, or if you go with Glennon. I, I tried to fool around with it without that and use Aaron Rodgers, and I couple like like 200 bucks short, 300 bucks short, and you get stuck with the Bears' defense. So a little tinkering uh, goes a long way there. If you could come up with something there, uh, maybe you could do it. But I tried to put Jordy Nelson in. I didn't put Des Bryant in, and then I put Larry Fitzgerald and with Devontae Adams, and I came up a couple hundred bucks short. Yeah, when you mentioned Des Bryant, I have a thesis for you, Tony. You know how, like, some players almost always dominate the minor leagues, but then they, when they get called up, they can't really do it, and they call them, like, quadruple-A kind of players? Yep. I think Des yep. Bryant is a, um, a quadruple-A quote-unquote wide receiver one um, because you know don't get me wrong he's a playmaker I like the way he boxes out he's so great at the point of the catch but when he's going up against uh, pro bowl cornerbacks Janoris Jenkins has now shut him down a few times Des, um, uh, Josh Norman as well I actually believe that Patrick Peterson is definitely among that class and so I do not expect big things from Des Bryant tonight call me crazy on my thesis Tony 
Here's the thing: is that I, I was looking. I got this number. The Giants, um, the Giants, and the Seattle Seahawks. If you take those two teams out of Dak Prescott's career, he completes 72% of his passes. Passes thrown to Des Bryant, he only completes 48%. Des Bryant just isn't open enough. You're right. He beats up on these teams that he should beat up, but he's in a one-on-one matchup against a cover corner that's a quality corner. He just can't get through. He can't. He's not quick. He's just a strong guy, but when you can get there and you can get in his face, he, there's no separation. Exactly. You know, on the one end of the spectrum of the, like, kind of there's, – there's three kinds of wide receivers in the NFL, in my, in my opinion. Opinion, right, uh, the one is the prototypical, like the Julian Edelman prototype. Okay, the guy who's in the slot, who's elusive and shifty, he's got the two-way go. He's a favorite on third down. Okay, then you have the quote-unquote take the top off kind of wide receiver that that is embodied by say like the Deshaun Jackson, the Ted Ginn Juniors, the Will Fullers of the world. What they do is create space and you have to respect it because if you don't, they go. The other kind of wide receiver is what I call the X wide receiver, the outside wide receiver, the big body kind of wide receiver. This is the guy who will muscle you at the point of the catch, and that's what Des Bryant really is. And don't get me wrong, that's great, maybe against some of these other cornerbacks, but when you have a guy like Patrick Peterson on you, he is not able to get separation, and Dallas may have to go to their kind of, you know, Edelman guy, which is Cole Beasley. What do you think about Cole Beasley in this kind of match? Matchup, Tony. Yeah, so we don't have a poll out there with the number one wide receivers because I think everyone was going to bet for Jordy. Fair Nelson. enough. I, I really think that everyone was going to go there, even though I have a question about him playing hurt and then being ready three days later. But uh, I still think he would have been there. I'll, I'll tell you what, I like Cole Beasley a lot. I thought his price was a little too high today on DraftKings, forty eight hundred dollars. But when you put him in scope of the other, he's nine hundred less than JJ Nelson, who right. had going to deal with an injury. He's nine hundred less. Uh, he's a thousand less than Randall Cobb. He may not even play. be on the field. Yeah, I could see five to seven targets to Cole Beasley. They usually complete all those targets because he doesn't go deep down the field. And if you get in the end zone, all of a sudden we're talking fifteen points, and we're right where we need him to be. I think he's going to be a guy that tonight ends up with the most receiving yards because Jason Witten, of course, has a tough matchup as well. So Cole Beasley could lead Dallas in receiving tonight. Yep, that's what I'm saying. Uh, Tony, are you a student of American history? Yes, I uh, I was born in Massachusetts. Sometimes uh, you you can't you know run away. Fair from enough. Fair enough. Uh, Back in yeah, our history, there was yeah. something there was something called the X Y Z affair a long time ago. Okay, um, we'll get into that it was another algebra. time. Yeah, you would think so, but that's what I'm saying in terms of these wide receivers. You got your X, your Y, and your Z. Des Bryant plays the X, your take the top off is your Y, and your Z is right there in the slot. And with this Dallas offense, I think it's going to be the Z, Cole Beasley, that actually pops off. Let me ask you about this Arizona team, though, Tony. You say that, you know, Carson Palmer is a potential for, you know, someone you might put in your lineup. We know about Larry Fitzgerald. We also, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but Smokey Joe Br- John Brown, I don't think is still going to play in this Out. game, right? So that yeah, means we're left. So which wide receiver two do you favor? You got J.J. Nelson. You got Jerron Brown as well. You got guys out of the backfield. We never talked touched on the Cardinals running backs in our previous segment. <laughs> guys like Kerwin Williams, Chris Johnson. I don't think they even got a word in edgewise, Tony. No. But who else do we look for maybe for production from Arizona outside of Larry Fitzgerald? If you think Carson Palmer is a viable insert, then it's got to be someone else right? J.J. Nelson or Jerron Brown? 
to me, it's J.J. Nelson. But he all of a sudden got hurt in practice exactly. on Monday or Tuesday, right? And we don't know what is going to happen. Now, he did practice three days this week. He just never made it the whole practice. So I don't know if that's a good sign or, or bad sign. I'm waiting till 7 o'clock till those inactives come out and make sure that J.J. Nelson is going to play tonight. And if he's going to play, I'm going to take a little bit of a leap of faith. I won't put him in every lineup, which I would have put him in every single one of my lineups if he was 100% healthy. If Nelson's out, go ahead and put Jerron Brown in. I think he just steps up, and he's done it before, and he has a great opportunity in that game. So to me, if Nelson plays, he goes in the lineups. If he's out, I think Jerron Brown's a guy you could put in all your lineups. He's that cheap and then he won't worry about anything there. Uh you could put the top defense, you could put the top quarterback, you could put all the top wide receivers except Jerron Brown. Yeah, I'm going to go that way, uh, Tony. I actually think Jerron Brown might be the sneaky punt play, which then allows you to get whatever your heart desires with the rest of your budget. If you remember also in the preseason, you know, he was one of these camp darlings. Bruce Arians was talking up Jerron Brown when they were starting to worry about John Brown and his sickle cell trait not being able to enable him to recover. It was Jerron Brown who they talked about as the number two wide receiver. And listen, J.J. Nelson has been one of the these guys who popped off, but on a week-to-week basis, we've seen what happens with some of these low-level wide receivers. Give me Jerron Brown tonight as my off-the-radar punt play. Hey, Tony, let's talk a little bit about tight end for this Monday-Thursday slate as well. Our options on the poll are Jason Witten at 4,900, Martellus Bennett, the black unicorn, at 3,900, Zach Miller at 3,100, and if you want to try Richard Rodgers, you can at 2,500. Jason Witten is dominating our poll right now. At 5,900. But Tony, I think this is just name value. I am a little bit worried about the honey badger patrolling the middle of that field and sticking to Jason Witten like white on rice tonight. Yeah, I think it is one of those things where it's name value. You look at the tight ends and we not get here. A lot of people look at a guy like um, Martellus Bennett and he'd be a guy that they say, oh, you know what? They never throw the ball to the tight end. They don't until the goal line. But depending on what the health is of that Green Bay team on yep. Monday, that would give me an option. So here's what I'm gonna here's what the way I, I'm gonna tackle it. You guys can, uh, of course, listen in and then figure out what you want to do. I'm gonna put Zach Miller as my tight end. Um, Zach Miller had nine targets in the second game, six targets in the first game, only three last week against uh, Pittsburgh. So I'm gonna throw that game out. I'm gonna go Zach Miller. And then that also gives me the opportunity to go Martellus Bennett if Green Bay is all of a sudden missing a couple of wide receivers. I think if you've got a guy like Jordy Nelson that can't rebound on three days and Randall Cobb out, then a guy like Martellus Bennett will be there. But I'm going to go Zach Miller. Uh, no one out of all these tight ends is going to have nine targets, which he had against Tampa. Now they were down behind. So if you believe Green Bay is going to get up on Chicago, which I don't, I think it'll be close. He is absolutely going to be a play then because they don't throw the ball to wide receivers. Fair enough. And that's what we were saying before. Listen, there have been only there was only one catch by wide receiver yesterday for the Bears. I believe it was Thompson as well. So, you know, Kendall Wright. People were, thought, people were thinking that Marcus Wheaton was going to be able to have a debut as well for the Bears. No, no, no. They are staying away. I got to tell you, Tony, I am going with the black unicorn, Martellus Bennett. And it's because, like you said, Jordy Nelson, a little bit of a question mark. Randall Cobb, a little 
little bit of a question mark. You know, you talked about how Geronimo Al- Allison could one one week pop off. I am a little bit worried about, like you said, it's Thursday night, only three days to recover. I could see Jordy Nelson starting the game, Randall Cobb starting the game, but by the time the second half comes around, he's looking Aaron Rodgers, that is, for the security blanket that is the black unicorn. I think it could be more than just red zone. I like Martellus Bennett at 3,900. What do you think about that, Tony? I, I, I'm on the I like thesis. It. I'm on the thesis that Cobb or Jordy could start but not finish on Thursday night after three days oh, rest. Oh, absolutely think that could be a problem. That's why this is one of the things where I said this is the hottest one we've had all year is because trying to figure out what this Green Bay team that had 10 injuries coming into a game got beat up a little more in a game and then asking them to play three days later. This is one of the things that's making this tough and making me lean a little more to these Arizona guys uh, in this poll and also using the two backs in Chicago in that game against a Green Bay defense that's beat up. Uh, they lost one of their starting cornerbacks last week. Um, you might say cornerback and, and a wide and a running back. How does that make comments? Well, that, unfortunately, uh, you're going to need someone to cover these guys because Tariq Cohen's a little more than just a running back. Fair enough, Tony. We're going to go to break. When we come from break, I want you to chew on a question that I'm going to have over the break. And uh, I know there's only two games, so only four teams. But you talk about Zach Miller. Is that regardless of if you have Cohen and Howard in your lineup as well? Or is that just a little bit too much stock in the Bears to own? I want your answer when we come back. It's Lineup Lock Live, presented by DailyRoto.com, right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Peace. DFS lineup block sponsored by DailyRoto.com. So many people were off Jordan Howard because of the shoulder, because of Tarek Cohen. Might there be enough to go around for two running backs? I think you want to get Ezekiel Elliott in your lineup. He's facing a team that's 20th at allowing points to running backs. But if you wanted to use Howard as your other back and Cohen as your flex, I have no problem with doing that. Weekdays, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern, only on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. FNTSY.com slash radio. Hey, Tony, this is a little fat Joe and lean back as we come back on Lineup Lock Live, presented by DailyRoto.com, right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Dane Martinez and Tony Sincata. And Tony was telling us that, you know, this slate is really about common sense versus the matchups. But, Tony, my common sense kicked in because we were telling them to have too many bears in their lineup. Zach Miller, Jordan Howard, Tarek Cohen, Mike Glennon. I don't know. I think that's a little too many bears. How do we, uh, how do we thread that needle, Tony? Yeah, it's a little distorted because there's only four teams, right? So we, we talked about the Dallas wide receivers, right? We don't love any there. We don't love any of the uh, the tight end, Jason Witten, yet a lot of people are going to go play him. So I think the Bears are lower dollar figures. It helps us get more of these Cardinals Packers in the game. So, yes, you absolutely can get away with it. I was actually thinking about this. Ezekiel Elliott, for me, is the far and away best back. You are a guy that's a little hesitant on Ty Montgomery, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So if you're a little hesitant on him, why not go the two Bears back? Then you have a $3,100 Zach Miller there, and you can still get plenty of guys out there. I am okay with it. Now, right. I'm not usually okay with it, but in the two games, I'm there, and I'm actually doing it. I have a lineup. I'm going to give it to you. Rodgers, Ezekiel Elliott, Jordan Howard, 
Jerron Brown, Larry Fitzgerald, the two Arizona guys, Jordy Nelson, Zach Miller, Tariq Cohen, and the Bears. That's different than the one you guys are seeing on TV right now. That's just my Bears featured lineup to prove your point. The Bears featured lineup. I never thought I'd heard someone say that. I'm going to try to go with Ezekiel <laughs> Elliott and then Tariq Cohen. I'm also going to try and send, save a little bit of money, though, with my guy, Jaron Brown, maybe even Cole Beasley, because I told you I think that that's the kind of wide receiver that Dallas and Dak Prescott can rely on. And, Tony, you, uh, you gave the people your, uh, your Bears lineup and your other lineup. Where, uh, how many lineups you want to give out? Are we done with lineups for this uh, slate? Yeah, yeah, one I'm, more. I'm done. No, oh, I'm done with everyone. The, the, the one on the TV is the one I'm using in my big uh, dollar game, so you guys can uh, go with that. And I'm going to tell you the truth here. If I'm short, there it is. Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, Ezekiel Elliott, Jordan Howard, Devontae Adams, Geronimo Allison. So what I'm doing is I'm taking Jordy Nelson out of the equation, loading right. up as many Green Bay wide receivers as I can, and trying to attack it that way. Larry Fitzgerald, Zach Miller. Uh, Jordy Nelson there in the Chicago Bears. So I have three wide receivers there uh, in the Green Bay uniform. So stacking the Green Bay uh, team. Like I said, every once in a while, you got to throw logic out the window and use common sense. It's true. The, the, essential, the essential tug of war between matchups and common sense. We're going to keep that going tomorrow. We're going to start to look at week four of the NFL season, okay? And we're going to start with our quarterback matchups. Then we're going to do our running backs. Then our pass catchers. Listen, and if you don't catch us live, what you need to do is download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. This way, you can hear whether it is Lineup Lock Live, whether it's Fantasy News Decks for Tony Sincata, whether it's Fantasy Freestyle with your boy Speeds, the spitting statistician, or the Lineup Lock Live shows from Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday as we give you position by position who we like for week four, and then we put it all together, making the people's lineup on Friday. But the people are still down 59 bucks. we got to start to get them going, Tony. I think we're going to get off the schneid starting tomorrow for week four, okay? I think so, too, and I want to thank everybody that's downloading the shows because they've been doing a great job, and everybody's been listening to them, so hopefully everybody's having – maybe not the people as a collective group have been doing well, uh, but hopefully you guys have been doing well individually. Absolutely, and as we look a little bit to baseball, the last week of the baseball season as well, Aaron Judge with not one but two bombs today to get yes. to 50. I got to wonder, though, Tony, real quick, if I ask you a one-word answer, the Yankees are you know going to be in this wild card against what looks like the Minnesota Twins – are you starting Severino, Gray, or Tanaka in that game? I'll go with Severino. I think the Yankees go with Tanaka there. So I'm really interested to see that. Hey, if you're playing Daily Fantasy tonight, there's all different reports on the weather in Colorado, so be careful. Oh, be very careful about that. I know that the uh, the weather can certainly do it, but if the wind is blowing in at Wrigley at more than like five miles an hour, I know it's a problem. Also, we did the uh, you know the science experiments for that. Hey, for Tony Sincata, I'm Dane Martinez here on Lineup Block Live. Come back tomorrow. We'll let you know how we did, and then we'll start week four with the quarterback. See you guys tomorrow.